Rise and shine, you Syracuse superfans. It's time to pour yourself a tall, delicious glass of orange fizz. Syracuse recruiting news, insider information, latest SU buzz. The Syracuse blogosphere comes to life on the central New York airwaves. It's Fizz Radio. Syracuse loses to Pitt 21 to 10 in Heinz Field. Ian Unsworth here alongside John Eads for Fizz Final, the Fizz's post-game wrap-up show. And John, honestly watching this game, it was the same old story as last week. Offense looked absolutely terrible, and the defense played amazing. But before we get to the D, let's start with the offense. I, I mean, nothing changed from week one to week two. Dismal, and exactly what we expected, Ian. Pitt's defensive line just absolutely uh, lived in Syracuse's backfield. They had consistent pressure all day, and they just teed off and did really anything they wanted to do, and Syracuse had zero answers. 12 tackles for loss from the Pitt front, and John, I think that starts from up top, right? The play calling has to change because we know the O-line's terrible. I think everybody in the United States of America knows Syracuse's O-line is terrible god awful right but when Pitt brought pressure there was nothing we could do and when Syracuse brought pressure Kenny Pickett's thrown five yard outs every single time easy formula and the play works right it's one hot route one easy read little pitch and catch right to the right to the sideline why can't Syracuse do something like that why is it so hard for Dino Babers and Sterling Gilbert to make adjustments I really don't know I don't know if there's some sort of disconnect, but for me right now, bringing in Sterling Gilbert has changed absolutely nothing. You can point to the, the lack of personnel, the lack of explosiveness at some positions, but you know this is Division I college football. This isn't high school football. You get, there's a certain standard you have to hit and live up to, and they just haven't. There, there's been zero bright spots on this, uh, you know, on the offensive side of the ball. Nothing for people to look to and be hopeful about. We saw a little bit from the run game today, but nothing consistent. So just uh, second week in a row, you know, Dino talked up in his press conference all these potential changes. We're gonna make big improvements week one to week two. And I don't know about you, but I just didn't see any today. I saw absolutely nothing. Same thing with DeVito in those press conferences, too. I'm looking forward to what we can change. All the, Just all these sort of grandiose statements, and they're not happening on the football field. DeVito looks like a scared rabbit. I don't blame him. But it's the same old story. Not just from the play callers, but from DeVito as well. Only 32 passing yards today, right? Did not target the tight ends enough. I think two total targets it was. You can correct really? me if I'm wrong. Even, but even, they, even, they did, had two targets, even? Yes, two targets. Wow. Luke Benson had more special teams tackles than he had catches combined with Aaron Hackett. That, that's a terrible stat, a terrible stat. Why are we not using the tight ends? I keep asking myself this question over and over again, and I don't have an answer for it. I, I don't. I don't, why are we not using the tight ends? These are two of our best players. Two of our best players. We're not using them. Are, are, are they here to block? We might as well put them in as backup left guards, huh? That, right. Because, geez, Aaron's service played terrible. He got yep. beat so many times on the left left side of the O-line. Uh, one, of our, one of our followers on Twitter 
uh, at Orange Fizz. Give it a look. If, if you haven't seen it already, John uh, covered the game today for our Twitter and did an outstanding job, uh, if I may say so. But, man, Aaron Service, one of our followers said, Aaron Service isn't getting out of his stance. He's literally just getting beaten like that. So if the tight ends are staying into block, I understand. But, number one, they're not helping if they are staying into block. They are not helping at all. And they are the perfect outlet for these five-yard outs. Help the blitz. You know, help DeVito get the ball out quick. I, I just keep wondering, man. Like, what is the disconnect here? I'm sorry, John. I'm going off on a long tangent. I'll <laughs> let you get some words in, but I am so confused. Well, these are the things that, you know, Sterling Gilbert, Dino Babers, they get paid six and seven figures uh, to figure out these kind of, uh, you know, fundamental things in football, you know, numbers games, putting guys in positions where they can be successful and where you can do some good things offensively. And they just haven't had any answers. You know, there's been, again, we keep coming back to the same point. There's been no signs of improvement, nothing you can point to tangibly and say, wow, that was good. We need to see more of that. Exactly. Back to DeVito, the 32 passing yards, as I mentioned, he struggled to connect with Taj Harris. Uh, it wasn't a 15-target game today, but still only three catches for Taj. Had the one long bomb, but that was from Culpepper. That wasn't from DeVito. John, overall, I think the biggest issue for DeVito is just staying on the field. I understand he's taking a ton of hits, but even last year and now this year, we've seen him go in and out of games, in and out of games, right? Is he injured? Is he not? Why Why does Syracuse keep swapping QBs? I'm just throwing all these questions at the wall, and I don't have any answers for them. There's no chemistry here between DeVito and the wide receivers, between Culpepper and the wide receivers. You and I, you and I were discussing this. You know, We don't know how good DeVito is because he hasn't had a, a potent offensive line or any kind of a semblance of an offensive line to work with. And it doesn't matter if you're Trevor Lawrence playing quarterback for Syracuse right now. You can't do a dang thing if you can't sit back there, catch the snap, look for your receivers, and throw the football. Absolutely. If, Dino, if Dino's going to keep swapping the quarterbacks for fun or for chemistry reasons, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. DeVito has to play. If he's the guy, he's got to play. It doesn't matter if he's hurt. It doesn't. Well, okay, if he's hurt, he's hurt. He should sit. But... He has to play. We can't keep swapping quarterbacks because it's we've this offense has proven in the first two games there's there's no you know, wow factor from this Syracuse offense. You said it before. There's not enough weapons. There's nobody who's going to make a huge play out of nothing. So DeVito has to stay on the field if the offense wants to build some chemistry, build up some drives down the field. Be, they're going to have to do that. And to his credit... He showed on a few plays some heart, you know, sitting in the pocket, avoiding a little bit of pressure, you know, scrambling, picking up some first downs. So to his credit, he made some of those plays and props to him. But we need to see more of that. And we definitely need to see some improvements in the passing game. But, you know, I think we've trashed on the offense enough for the day. It was just a dud of a performance. Let's talk about this defense, man, because it is a darn shame that we are wasting a championship level defense, another championship level performance uh, Ian, Tony White has outdone himself from the get-go. Yeah. And the, the odds were stacked more against the defense coming into the season. New system, new coordinator. You know, the offense, it was kind of just the same stuff. You're bringing in Dino Babers, uh, you know, 
lieutenant, if you will, and they've looked much worse. The offense has looked terrible. Let's let's talk about the defense because I'm I'm a little tired of, uh, I guess, just going off. I'm gonna, I want to relax for a second. Sure. The defense looks amazing, right? And they run out of gas because why wouldn't they run out of gas? They're on the field for 35 minutes a game. It seems like. Mikel yeah. Jones is amazing. I think he's a first-team All-ACC linebacker. Of course, got to got to wait a couple more games to see those results. But he he <laughs> looks amazing. He's always around the ball, always around the ball. Four tackles and a pick today, uh, and he was on he was on that fumble too. Fumble recovery. Yeah. yeah. Every time I see the football, I see Mikel Jones right there, and it's super impressive. This linebacking core as a whole. The broadcasters on ACC Network were focusing on it. This linebacking core as a whole, for guys that haven't played barely any college football, these dudes look amazing. Yeah, and uh, the, the young guys have looked incredible. Stephon Thompson, incredible. Jeff Canteen, Arku, incredible. Mikel Jones, who you mentioned, incredible. The corners struggled a little bit today. Garrett Williams took a little bit of a step back, I would say. But uh, the linebackers, stellar all day in, in run support, blitzing. They just made plays. There were some bad calls on the secondary. A couple questionable PIs that we didn't really see much last week from the defense in terms of miscommunications or you know penalties, that sort of stuff. Today, it was, as it was a bit sloppier. I mean, Pitt also presented some really difficult matchup problems, if we're being honest. Two, two three really speedy receivers, a big tight end. North Carolina didn't really have a tight end to throw at the orange defense last week i mean lucas cruel did not look good he didn't play last week against austin p so that's probably a big reason why he did not look good but he was a huge matchup issue i'd love to see cisco covering him but at you know six feet right above 200 pounds he's not big enough to truly play that rover spot where he can cover any sort of player and that's it's because he's a safety right he's not a true rover He's not a true hybrid player. He's really a safety that's just the most talented player on the field, so he's stepping into that really hybrid role, and they're letting him go. Didn't see that much from Cisco today. I wasn't super impressed, but at the same time, the fact that the defense is working so well as a whole is a compliment to Cisco's leadership and the secondary's leadership because those are where the really experienced dudes are coming from. Syracuse will have a chance to win every ball game this year, Sons, Clemson, and Notre Dame, uh, just because of the defense. We've seen it two weeks in a row now. They were in the game in all four quarters. Pittsburgh today was just daring Syracuse to win the ball game. Uh, Kessman, two missed field goals, special teams miscues out the wazoo from Pittsburgh today, just could not take advantage, and it's very frustrating. It's back to the offense. It's always going to go back to the offense. And I, I just don't – I can't tell you what the key is for this offense next week going into Georgia Tech. Well, first of all, I haven't watched a, a lot of Georgia Tech, and it would be interesting to see what they do against UCF today. But every, every single time I think about Syracuse football, I'm just dumbfounded at how bad this offense is. And it doesn't matter where the defense puts them, right? Red zone, pick, turnover, momentum swing of play, even on the special teams. Big punt return. Uh, special teams did look better today. I struggled to see. I struggled to like Nikeem Johnson returning punts. It seems like he can't catch a punt properly or at least be secure when catching his punts. 
Well, but uh, I don't know. Nakeem Johnson, look, he looks all right, I'd say, as a punt returner. Once he catches the ball, gets going. I, I like what he brings, and he's very elusive, so I enjoy that. But at the same time, it doesn't matter what he does in special teams because the offense just absolutely throws everything into the ground. John, one last thing I want to talk about. At the end of this game, a real big question. Syracuse is down two scores, right? 21 to 10. Pitt, Pitt gets the ball back after a fourth and six play, which was absolutely terrible. Rex Culpepper incompletion of Courtney Jackson on an out route. First of all, why in the world is that happening on fourth and six? No Harris in the game, no DeVito in the game. But why is Dino Babers, A, not being aggressive to try to win this game, and two, why, why are we not using timeouts to get the ball back, right? Go, go for it. Make Pitt, put some pressure on Pitt. Make them punt the ball back. Make their defense work a bit more. You heard the color analyst uh, asking the same question, Ian. And, you know, I'm sure the fan base would, you know, was fine with it because they didn't want to see any more of this offense. They, you know, it seems like it didn't even matter if we got the ball back. There's, we, we just had zero chance of moving the football. But it's certainly not a good look, and it says a lot about the Syracuse team and how confident Dino is in the offense and, you know, even the two-minute drill kind of offense. It says that there is none, and we are of no threat offensively. So unless we hold teams to under 14 points, it seems like we're not going to be winning many ball games this year. It seems like the defense is going to be scoring more points than the offense, if we're being right. completely honest. That's right. John, do you have anything else before we close this one out? Because I could either start wailing on the offense some more or, I don't know, just get my feels about this Syracuse team. Because I was excited a little bit for this 2020 season, but it seems like it's just going to be the same old story, deja vu week after week. Well, we did cover, but that's not the reason we play the football games. You know, it was, uh, it was a 21-point spread. We all kind of figured that was a bit inflated. But again, it's not the reason we play football games. We play football games to win. We have a defense that puts us in a position to win. The special teams puts us in a position to win. And the offense just throws it out the door. We get good field position, gone. We get a big turnover, gone. We get momentum, it's gone. And you just can't have that. And for Babers being an offensive coach, you know, Narduzzi's a defensive coach over on the pit side, and huh, you sure see it. Uh, Babers is an offensive coach, and you dang sure do not see it uh, on the Syracuse sideline and in the play. Uh, I'm not sure what's happened since that 2018 season. I guess Eric Dungey was just the X factor of this football program. Uh, they have just lost all of that swagger, uh, all, of that, all of that moxie. It's gone, and they're going to have to rebuild it uh, somehow, some way. They've got to find something that works. Syracuse loses the pit 21-10. to and boy, it was a really tough one to watch. Ian Unsworth here with John Eads wrapping it up for you on Fizz Final, the Fizz's post-game wrap-up show. John, anything else before we get out of here? Nope. On to Georgia Tech. Excited to see the new dome. And let's see if we can win the home opener. Hopefully Syracuse can put up its first dub of the season. Sad Saturday here on the Hill, but of course, more Syracuse football, and the season's going to keep moving. So... Stay tuned to Orange Fizz. Keep it locked on the Twitter at Orange Fizz and also on the website, orangefizz.net, for all sorts of Syracuse football content, coverage, opinions, and we'll see you next week.